0: This is Task Force Zen Radio, and I'm its host, John Crotech, advocate for humankind education and commerce. We are on a mission to create human healing on a massive global scale and to tell the stories of people who have dedicated their lives to making our planet a better place to live. Our guest for this episode of Task Force Zen Radio is Chai Psilocybin. Chai is the founder actually the founding mushroom of the Psilocybin Foundation and an advisor for Truffles Therapy. He is dedicated to bringing the psilocybin vision of community, education, and access to life. Like many of us, he struggled for more than a decade with depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem. Welcome to The Fold, brother.
1: Thanks a lot, Yeah, I really appreciate you having me here.
0: It's nice to have you here. So uh, let's, get, let's talk a little bit about your background, First Chief. You know, tell us, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I was uh, born and raised in New York to a mother who's Japanese, a father who's Chinese, and spent about 13 years there, uh, moved to Arizona when I was almost 13, and went to high school college there. And then I've been pretty nomadic since. So those are my uh, basic, extremely basic details. And yeah, pretty much uh, my parents had a very, you know, rocky marriage, uh, a lot of cultural conflicts. So I was very conflicted inside and was always seeking a way to prove myself or, you know, be good enough, whatever that might mean. And uh, yeah, I, I excelled in school and, you know, pretty much a straight A student. Uh, throughout uh, high school, college. Uh, But yeah, it was always uh, felt empty a little bit. And, you know, I turned to Buddhism, did some serious meditation retreats in my 20s, spent about 16 months total in retreat and still had some, yeah, unresolved issues, basically. Uh, A lot of shame, a lot of guilt still, a lot of addictive behavior. And... Yeah, then I think I was about 28 and I discovered LSD for the first time and I did five tabs of LSD and that really blew my mind open. And yes, yeah, since then I've been really called to the mushrooms and yeah, the mushrooms really help me cry and they help me laugh and they help uh, keep the depression away, which is an amazing miracle in my life. So yeah, my life is pretty much dedicated to sharing the message of the mushroom and giving people hope, and hopefully inspiring some people to look inward and and face all their demons so that they can be a bright light.
0: Thanks for sharing that. It takes a lot of courage to come to that level. I was in a suicide prevention live Facebook feed the other day, and one of the doctors that was on there turned around to the crowd there, the audience, and there must have been 30 or 40 of us and he asked a question and it was interesting because there were Caucasian guys like me and African American guys and Asian guys and Latinos and, and it was like a it was mixed and he says I want to see uh, uh, everybody you know that has ever felt less than of themselves raise their hands and of course every single hand went up and then the next question blew me away because it was it's kind of like what we what, what you just described He says, how many believe that the world has tried to make you feel less than yourself? And all the hands went up, man. And I got to tell you, it was just another, it was a revelation, but it was another solidifying moment in my mind, which you so eloquently pointed out in your little description there that there's a lot going on with all humans and, and we're dealing with these demons that you described. So... Kudos to you, and and, uh, tell us a little bit more about the experience itself.
1: Mm, About the mushroom experience. Right. Well, it's definitely different for everyone, depending on, yeah, a lot of different factors. You know, a mind state, and where a person does the mushroom, and how much one takes, and preparation, as well, plays a huge role. You know, diet, sleep, all the factors. It's pretty difficult to put into words because it's different depending on the dosage. But yeah, the higher doses really send people deep into their own subconscious psyche. And it can... Yeah, each journey is different. But really, the the bigger journeys I've done have been transformative and they've each shaped my perspective and uh, uh, realigned my perspective. And yeah, I've had journeys where... You know, I'm in Africa and I'm a lion eating a zebra one moment and then I, the next moment somehow the psychedelic transforms a vision into me being a zebra in the herd and feeling the fear of getting eaten by a lion. And, yeah, I've been in uh, journeys where basically a lot of the Bible has been sort of revealed in visions, um, like the the people leading others out of slavery and the cycle of, you know, people oppressing others, and then the oppressors rising up. And yeah, it's pretty, you know, I've also almost every big, any journey over like two grams, basically of mushrooms, there's a period where I really cry and wail. And yeah, a lot of my journeys now are just really about prayer and bowing. And yeah, still the tears flow, like, basically an entire journey so it's a lot about releasing all the sadness that gets built up you know throughout the days and weeks basically and that that creates a space for the the light and the love that's already always present to just shine through and it's like the the clouds get dissolved and the sun that was always there. It gets to shine through.
0: Interesting. You know, Chai, gee, the, um, I keep wanting to say like Kai i I'm not, <laughs> not I'm not trying to botch it on purpose, man. So, That's all good. you know, so we're not talking about anything new here. This is not a new discovery. A lot of, you know, like the magic mushrooms, peyote, the ayahuasca tea, even LSD itself has been around over or nearly a hundred years. You know, the isolation of the, of the molecule, but You know, we're not talking about new science here or new botanicals. These things have been around since the creation of man and and have been used by various cultures and individuals for thousands of years. And now there is, I just finished a good book uh, by Dr. Joe DeFor called The The Fellowship of the the River. Not sure if Mm. you've read that one, but it's interesting.
1: I've seen it several times. I haven't read it, but I've heard about it several times. My
0: gosh, really good read. But, you know, one thing that you mentioned was about the culture. And he outlines in the book cultural trauma that he he basically says ancestral trauma that spans generations. And, you know, they keep going on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, my background is Slavic, which is, you know, I guess, you know, the Balkans in that area, but also uh, Ireland. And you mentioned China and Japan. And, you know, there isn't a culture on the planet that I think has not had some type of traumatic event happen to it. And so what was interesting in his book towards the end is it talks about these traumas, how they keep going and going and going until somebody in the lineage, people like yourself, Decide enough is enough, you know I need to get to an answer of what's my purpose here and and I think these shamans with with the items that we're talking about were're helping people to find that spiritual or that sacred connection to something much greater than ourselves. would you say that's that's fair assessment
1: oh yeah, for sure I mean the mushrooms have healed so many generations of trauma stuck in the body. I mean, I witnessed my dad go through a couple of pretty, you know, big, uh, mushroom. Well, there were truffle journeys in Amsterdam where they're legal. Um, those were some of the most, you know, heart opening, eye opening experiences to, to, to see this person that I had sort of blocked and pushed away for most of my life and watching him cry for hours and, you know, weep and yell. I mean, it was a really—I could literally feel my heart like ripping open and expanding. So, yeah. And and since that, you know, the the other couple journeys after that, I really felt my grandfather's energy. And my grandfather was a a colonel in the Chinese military that escaped with Chiang Kai Shek to Taiwan. I think in the late '40s or something like that. And. Yeah, for a period of a couple of months, I was really in this kind of military general energy. And I remember one journey, I was, we were in nature, and man, I, there was like a flat field, but I I, I felt like I was on a battlefield. And some of the visions when I was looking out on the field were like burning, like fires burning, and like men marching and things like that. So yeah, I really think the mushrooms and other plant medicines can allow us to release all this stuck energy in our body that has been carried down from generation to generation for sure.
0: Interesting. You know, you know there have been various clinical studies and, and, and actually, you know, pure science studies. You know, I know that Dr. Straussman with the spirit molecule and DMT, which is the active ingredient in the, in the tea, he did an incredible experiment 20, 25 years ago and there's proven science that items like psilocybin can actually help to heal depression and anxiety and addictive behaviors and patterns and substance abuse issues and post traumatic stress and i sometimes wonder what, what do you think personally is the reluctance uh, the overall reluctance at times of the the uh, the scientific community if you will pharmacists. what do you th- the pharmaceutical industry what do you think the reluctance mm. is to 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 utilize these materials more?
1: Well, I mean, a lot of it's financial, economic, I think. I mean, it's just a completely different business model if it is a business model. It's, you know, people can grow mushrooms at their home and, you know, they can share them, and mushrooms grow really fast and pretty easily. So if people are healing their depression from things they grow from themselves, there's no need to go to the pharmacy, you know, and then there goes however much percent of the antidepressant market which is 16 billion dollars by the you know the latest statistics so and also when people heal from depression then they also connect more with family and community and they reprioritize eating together rather than you know clicking buttons while listening to music while they're eating alone people consume less because they just don't feel the need to fill their lives with things when they have, you know, themselves and their families. So, yeah. And it's also with the medical community, I think there's a lot of reputation at risk and to, to admit that a whole establishment for, you know, decades or however long have been wrong, has been wrong. I mean, this is basically admitting that we failed as a healthcare system and as doctors and as an educational system. So, Yeah, there's a lot at stake. It's, you know, when when doctors get older, it's hard for them to say, yeah, my life was sort of, I've been prescribing antidepressants or, you know, oxycodone or painkillers that really don't help people. Um, And now there's a new thing. And yeah, it's hard for older doctors sometimes to admit that maybe they don't know as much as, as they do.
0: Right. Definitely can see that. So let me ask you this specific specifically, you know, what do you think are the things that psilocybin specifically
1: can help? Well, psilocybin, I mean, you know, last year we run a little retreat organization called Truffles Therapy, where we organize psilocybin retreats in Amsterdam. And we saw more than 200 people come through and do high dose journeys. And basically Almost every single person came in with some level of depression and anxiety. And within four or five days, you know, at the final sharing circle, people were just full of gratitude, hope, optimism, love. They were smiling, hugging each other. You know, everybody cried during the retreat. So. Yeah, it's amazing what's possible when a bunch of strangers come together and sit in a circle and share their feelings without any distractions. And they eat together and pray together and commune with the mushroom together. So yeah, depression, anxiety. We've seen pretty amazing results with also physical pains as well. It seems like the mushroom knows how to get in the tensions of the body and release somehow. We had this girl that had chronic back pain for 5 years and she she had trouble sitting and laying and standing basically every position was painful and after two big journeys i mean she was stretching and she was beaming and happier than ever so of course some of these you know these these effects aren't permanent and they don't they sometimes need further journeys to deepen the understanding and to maintain the you know, the the benefits, but definitely it gives people hope and inspiration. And yeah, we've seen people who have come out of really, really deep, dark depressions just there's a reason why they call it magic mushrooms.
0: No, I absolutely agree with you, Chi. And I'm glad that you pointed out the fact about, you know, like a one-time experience may not be enough. And one of the things that I've read is that You know, so if you have a one time experience and it's great and you feel light and and you're inspired, unless you continue on that journey, not necessarily saying that you become mushroomed out all the time, but unless you start to explore that further, it may just be a one time experiment. But, you know, a lot of people that I've met. Just like you have said, you know, it's it's transformed their lives. And it's amazing how many people out there in various positions of importance, you know, according to the society, have mm-hmm. one time or another been on similar
1: journeys. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if there's just a stigma attached to it, that's why more people don't come out. But yeah, from what I understand and from the stories I listen to and the people I connect with, A lot of the major CEOs and CFOs, they're either microdosing or, you know, use psychedelics on a regular basis to expand their thinking or improve their creativity. You know, Andrew Yang, the Democratic presidential candidate, just said that mushrooms should be more freely available because he ran into this veteran that said that magic mushrooms were the only thing that could resolve his depression. So. Yeah, it's, you know, the stigma is definitely melting away because of all the studies being done, especially by Johns Hopkins Imperial College, uh, King's College in, in the UK. And yeah, nowadays, I mean, there's so many researchers wanting to study the effects on the brain. And also, I would, I mean, you know, after having done, I mean, I'm on mushrooms pretty much you know, five or six days out of the week, at least a little bit. So I would encourage scientists and people to start talking about the heart and community, because it's more than just impact on an individual brain. It's about healing how we see ourselves and each other and how we how we commune with nature. A lot of our sicknesses come because people are in cities and they're so separated from trees and forests and Water, and they're surrounded by cars and advertisements that create this kind of sense of lack and anxiety. So, yeah, it's about even without any kind of medicine. I mean, going out into nature, you know, like there's a thing called forest bathing now, which is basically spending time in the forest. So, it's really questioning everything we've been taught and this is why psychedelics are illegal because it makes people question things and especially (laughs) the authority Yeah. yeah the authority of the government and the educational system and this is also why people don't speak out because these are powerful forces at play and yeah like people like me sometimes we get there's certain ways to silence us you know so but more and more people are speaking out and it's really uh yeah, it's a psychedelic revolution happening, you know, Um, a lot of people don't use that word because it's sort of dangerous, but that's basically what it is. All these cities are working to decriminalize Denver. Oakland have decriminalized mushrooms. Uh Oakland has decriminalized all entheogens. You know, Santa Cruz, Berkeley is very close to decriminalizing all entheogens. Chicago, uh, New York City, Austin have strong movements going, so... Yeah, things are really popping, and I think we're going to see over the next couple of years the huge shift in in mindset and perspective.
0: You know, Chi, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, even in the, some of the circles that I run in now, I'm a young 60, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm i hearing more and more about exactly what you just described. And there's people that I never would have even thought would have been uh, having a mindset like that to explore it, even to have explored that have. And it's, it's actually, it's enlightening because I think that to raise consciousness, we have to go in. And mm-hmm. what's interesting, you know, when I was in the service was we didn't play politics and we didn't play races or religions or skin colors because we were all one force, if you will, mm-hmm. just like on the planet, we're all really one entity. We're, we're humans and if you were to unzip the skins off of our bodies, I'd say we're pretty much the same underneath. And I think that when you mentioned the heart, I was reading the other day where the heart is the first thing that forms, the heart and the lungs is the first thing that forms in the human embryo and then the brain, that the heart is an actual living, feeling organism. And the breath of life, we know what that does. It transports our blood and gets oxygen to our to our bodies and so there's something uh, scientific for sure but there's something definitely sacred or spiritual here
1: oh yeah for sure yeah and this is why the scientific explanation is just entry point for people to experience it and then people really realize that it's beyond science it's about getting connected with god or whatever greater entity And, and realizing that, yeah, we're all part of something way bigger than ourselves. And, you know, the trees and the animals and the dirt, I mean, we're all connected to, I mean, we're all going to be dirt one day, you know? So it's realizing that sooner rather than later and making sure that we leave this planet in a better shape than we found it. And we think about generations uh, in the future instead of just thinking about, How to survive and eat today, you know, I mean, that's the expansion of consciousness that's necessary. And it basically requires a tightening of the belt. It requires people to be more frugal, you know, consuming less, less materialistic, buying less, you know, eating cleaner foods, eating less processed foods, realizing that each action we take, each thought we, we think has an effect on basically everything. So, Yeah. Realizing that although we are relatively quite insignificant as individuals, um, that insignificance should lead us to taking actions that are beneficial and not taking ourselves so seriously and not thinking that, you know, our own happiness or our own pleasure is the only thing that matters in this world. I
0: absolutely love that thought process. You know, I was reading another book. I'm always reading and This book was titled The Light of the Stars. It was by an astrophysicist from MIT. And he described that the same uh, element of iron, which is on the periodic table, which burns in our sun and burns in all the stars throughout the universe, is the same iron chemically, molecularly, that's found in our blood. And I thought, you know, it didn't strike me at the time, but as I started to read more and more about the universe and quantum theory and, you know, sacredness, and it dawned on me that, you know, every single thing on this planet and every single thing in the universe is a configuration of elements found on the periodic table. Are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? (laughs) We are, we're all connected Mm -hmm. and the science proves it. So my question is, why do we do things? Well, I, we know the answer. So let me ask you this. If somebody's, if the listeners out there, here's, here's our discussion today, and they're interested in visiting one of your experiences or having one, what do they need to do and what can they expect?
1: Hmm. Well, I would, I would recommend people do their research and see if there's something closer to home. I mean, now there's a pretty big network of, you know underground guides working and there's so much information now of how to grow your own mushrooms and get spore kits uh, you know spore prints and grow kits and syringes so that would be the first step and yeah and then if 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 a you know full on retreat we usually do four or five night retreats with people if that's really an option then yeah trufflestherapy.com would be a good step and if not tripsitters.org, uh, we also have a list of most of the legal trip in the Netherlands and all the legal retreats uh, around the world using psilocybin uh, truffles or mushrooms. So yeah, those are some resources that people can find. But the first step is to see if there's anything local, a local psychedelic community that one can get connected to. Uh, to... I, I think this is a part of the movement is... Let's see if we can find the solutions in our hometown without having to fly uh, halfway across the world to, you know, seek out some mushrooms.
0: No, I couldn't agree with you. And that also helps to promote what you just said about, you know, being frugal and trying to leave a, a smaller footprint on the planet. In some of these, the various literature that I've read in publications, you know, they describe some of the things you did about people that have decided, you know, sometimes at the end of their rope, you know, that they wanted something different or or felt that they needed to find something different. And it's amazing how many documented cases there are out there that people, after one or two doses or, you know, a lot less than 10, have turned themselves around. Ended it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's, phenomenal. oh, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've read, yeah, probably close to a thousand or more of these cases. And, yeah, the results are undeniable, you know. And especially if a person is committed to making lasting changes, I think that's the most important thing, too, is it's not a magic pill. Even though it does give an amazing a spiritual experience, if a person is not committed to, Making the changes and simply goes back to old patterns, it's 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 not gonna work like it's meant to, basically. The mushroom will give us messages, basically, and it'll show us what we need to do to live a better life, and it's up to us to follow those. And yeah, it's the the results are undeniable. All the medical studies now coming out of universities, they're literally a hundred percent saying that this is basically a cure and a a solution for a lot of mental health illnesses today of course with the with the caveat that is always placed that people with bipolar and schizophrenia should not be using these substances um and yeah it's it's up to people to really trust their intuition and you know instead of trusting some white or blue or pink pills that are Process and machines made by pharmaceutical companies that don't really care about people. It's looking to nature and seeing if there's any solutions in plain sight, basically.
0: I agree with you, and you know, it, it, you know, I'm glad that you talked about those precursors or the prerequisites. You know, if, if you've been diagnosed with some kind of um, illness, mental illness, it's probably not a good thing to. Uh, to experiment with a journey like that. But again, I love the fact that you said, commitment and dedication. You know, mm. that you know, this isn't recreational, this is something that actually is transformative. And I think that mindset, something that I, you said was interesting, was that the, the the mushroom gives you what you need or what you want, mm. and almost like um, a mind of its own. So mm. I think intent, intention, maybe a big part of this that the the you know the experience itself opens up the mind and if the intent is there boy it could really lead you down a really nice path of recovery and healing or you know
1: a more fulfilled life yeah for sure yeah i think a lot of it is people are dealing with a lot of loneliness and isolation and i think the mushrooms really show people that connecting with other people and with nature and with their own emotions is really important. Um, So yeah, it's really, I mean, we've witnessed so many transformations and miracles and yeah. And it's not always a smooth path, you know, the healing path can open up all these wounds that we haven't looked at before. We've, like you say, repressed. I mean, we had one uh, teacher from Denver come, he's 40 years old and he did two journeys with us during a group retreat and he went back and about a month and a half later he uncovered all these repressed memories of his mom raping him Mm. every day for like five years so i mean something like that can happen and it really yeah sometimes it can be terrifying what we've been hiding or covering up or what the body and mind does to protect itself and and you know because yeah, sometimes these things can really send us into, you know, also quite scary loops in life as well. So it's good to have support uh, when a person, you know, before, during and after a journey as well.
0: well. Thanks for sharing that. So let me ask you this, where do you see yourself in five years or better yet in a perfect world? What would it look like?
1: Well, you know, I don't really think about where I'll be. I think about where the mushroom the progression of the mushrooms into the society will be and the benefits of it so yeah hopefully in five years it's either greatly decriminalized all around the country and the world even and yeah i mean ideally it's like completely legal and no one has fear of going to jail i mean this is the major injustice is that people Are seen or are labeled as criminals for trying to heal themselves with substances. And yeah, using substances, especially things like, you know, LSD mushrooms, these are not criminal acts. So nobody should be getting thrown into jail for wanting to expand their consciousness. So hopefully the conversation moves more towards helping people be free to explore their own consciousness and their own mind and their own hearts. And yeah, community. It's all about people getting together, realizing that we're all in this together, like no government, no authority figure, no corporation, no organization is going to help us uh heal ourselves. It's basically on us to, yeah, basically question everything we're taught and we've been taught and to go against the stream a little bit. And that takes courage. And You know, the psychedelics can definitely give us a little bit more courage, for sure.
0: Definitely pointing that out. Well, you know, we have a war on terror. We have a war on drugs. And probably safe to say in some places of the world, there's a war on consciousness. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, my philosophy has always been, you know, free will is the ultimate freedom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can expand your mind in a free world mindset, man, there's some great things that we could do as humankind. You know, some of the things this is just, you know, I don't want to digress, but, you know, I was obviously it's the holiday season and I went over here to the local mall and I was thinking in this one mall, this huge, humongous structure, there's more goods and services here than in a lot of countries around the world. And this is one mall. And I, I walked away with thinking, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, I, I like nice things, but I walked away thinking it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right, especially when you start to realize that there are people not only in another country, but right here in our own hometown that are suffering. And it would think I would think that if we were to raise our consciousness as humankind, there's a lot of smart people out there, men and women, people from all over the world that could figure some things out that could certainly alleviate a lot of pain and suffering in the world. So I, I totally agree with you to, if a if there's an organization or bureaucracy or government that is keeping people from expanding their own minds, I got to say, it's, it's a wall that has to come down.
1: Right. Then, then you question who the real criminals are and, and why they're branding people as criminals who are actually awake and what, what gets threatened when people wake up? You know, I think these are the questions to keep mulling and, um, yeah. And also have the courage to speak up about one's own experiences. I think this is what dissolves a lot of the stigma is people, especially influential people, starting to speak out about their own experiences with psychedelics and, you know, the healing that has come with it as well. So yeah, it's a beautiful, I mean, it's already happening in a beautiful way. There's a lot more podcasts. I mean, Joe Rogan talks about it. Basically, all day, every day. I mean, Timothy Ferris is deep in the in the psychedelics, and you have people like Tony Robbins speaking out about his experiences as well. And you know, Dan Carcillo, who's the leading the uh, decriminalized nature Chicago movement. I mean, he was a former professional hockey player who basically said psilocybin mushrooms changed my, you know, helped me save my life from this kind of deep um, depression so there are more and more people and now we just and actually just recently kevin o'leary who's uh, one of the shark tank investors he just recently invested in a company called MindMed, i think out of canada that is working with uh, some psychedelics and he was like yeah we should all be supporting psychedelic research and it started a very long conversation so yeah, as, and, 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 you know, based on my conversations, I mean, there's a mass shift in the cannabis industry right now. And a lot of executives are looking to move on to their next venture and all of them basically are looking at psilocybin. So I think over the next couple of years, we're going to see, yeah, a lot more smart people moving into the space and thinking together on how to bring the medicine to the masses, and change the perspective and perception of you know psychedelics in the mainstream's eyes, and yeah, it's a, it's a big shift, and our responsibility as a community is to make sure people have safe access, and that community is ingrained in the whole messaging, and it's not just about people having experience. it's about when you come home. From an experience that have your priorities shifted you know do we go from selfish people to more selfless people are we willing to let go of some of our pleasures and luxuries to serve the community better you know i mean these are the major shifts that have to happen are we are we willing to you know spend even a little bit less time thinking about ourselves and the money in our bank accounts are we willing to think about others more. And so, yeah, this is the progression that's already happening.
0: You know, and I like to hear that. And I I couldn't agree with you more. There are some really high powered folks out there that are starting to spread the mission, the message. Uh, even, you know, we're, we're kind of a, an upstart here with Task Force N and trying to educate people more about the things that are going on out there that affect everybody and can affect everybody in a positive way. Our mantra is healing without labels, advocates for humankind, education, and commerce, which comes last. But, you know, Chi, let me ask you this, you know, based on your experience, your your background, the things that you're doing right now, do you have a personal mantra that you live with every day?
1: Mm. (laughs) Man, I mean, all I think about is mushrooms, basically, and how to spread their message. I mean you know, we have this little nonprofit initiative going, it's called psilocybin foundation. And the three words that we run on there are community education and access. So yeah, my mind is always on how to bring people together in safe environments where they feel comfortable to share about their own experiences, and how to educate people who need education and how to shift perspective so that there's less stigma and with education comes more courage for people to try it and also to speak out and also access of course this is a sticky point because living in the United States it's not legal but yeah i'm always thinking about how to allow people to um yeah where we can direct people to have these experiences in safe and uh legal environments so yeah i mean my life is dedicated to to the medicine and yeah i mean i don't know i i i always think i might i i don't know how long i live but while i live i want to live the truth and i want to be a be a force for the truth and yeah speak and and live the truth no matter what the consequences are and uh reverse the trend of people not speaking the truth because they might lose something you know um I have really nothing to lose. I mean, I've died so many times in mushroom journeys that, you know, physical death might just be another part of the journey. And uh, although I don't look forward to it, I know that sometimes, you know, revolutionaries, they go through ups and downs and sometimes, uh, there are forces that don't like people speaking out. Um, you know, sometimes the truth. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm expecting that at any time, like someone will, uh, I mean, we we from the very beginning, we've been having people, you know, random people sending them messages to try to stop us from doing the work we're doing or saying what we're saying. I'm really open to everything life gives, no matter how unpleasant or pleasant and just living day to day with my heart in the right place and thinking about others first. Um that's really where I hope to yeah, to to live and to be.
0: I like that. So we met on LinkedIn, which was really cool. You know, it's a great platform for visionaries and, and business people to uh to make friends. How can people contact you, Chi, if they're interested for more information?
1: Um hmm. well they can contact my uh, email, which is Chi at Truffles Therapy. So that's C H I at Truffles. Uh, T-R-U-F-F-L-E-S therapy.com. They can just browse the you know the website Truffles Therapy, or if they're looking for trip sitters or retreats, they can go to tripsitters.org as well. Actually, I have a personal page now. It's called mushroomchi.org.
0: Nice. Uh, definitely. Well, there you have it. You know, Chi Psilocybin on a global mission or on a mission to be global, <laughs> to help spread the word about modalities that can help heal Individuals and the human race. I applaud your work. I really, really, really thank you for sharing with us today on Task Force Zen Radio. And I'm uh, looking forward to the time that I can make it to the West Coast. Or if you're ever in our area here in Florida, we're kind of on the West Coast too, but it's the Gulf of Mexico. But you know, if you're ever in this area, you know, you're welcome to come by anytime. But again, thank you for being here, Chi. I appreciate you. And if there's anything you ever need from Task Force Zen Radio, let us know.
1: Thanks so much, John. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Task Force Zen Radio. Through education, we will raise global awareness, create more balance, perpetuate human healing, and diminish suffering in our world because humankind matters.